And welcome to Muddy River News This Week, furnished by Harvey's. I'm Bob Goff. My guest today is Father John Doctor. He is the Vice President of Mission Ministry for Quincy University. He's also the Spiritual Director for Quincy Crucial. And since we have just kicked off Advent this week, we're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I thank you for the invitation. Um, before we did this taping, I just want to say that I had lunch with QU basketball coach Steve Hawkins and some friends. He was regaling me on tales of your of your two you two being roommates uh, be right before he got his house here. Yeah, we were fortunate enough uh, when when he got hired. He needed a place to stay because his family could move down right. right away, and he wanted his kids to finish school up there. And, uh, and then he wanted to go searching for a house, but he said he needed a place to stay. So I said, "Well, the Friary is just as good as any place, you know." Yeah. However, you know, he di he, he didn't participate in our early morning prayer. Uh, he, he, that that was his sleep time. He's okay. he basically did all his work in the afternoon. In the he's evening. a night owl. He's always been a night. Very you know, he's yeah. up watching tape late at night and whatever. Yeah. So so he did not get a robe, is what you're saying. I am saying that he did not graduate to the okay. Friars. Well, that's that's too bad. Maybe he, there's still hope though. Well, he got, he picked up the hospitality end of it. Well, oh yeah. Well, he he's he did it. I don't <laughs> about it. So, but anyway, so yes, uh, this the season of, of Advent is here. And uh, as uh, in a university setting, um, you know, you, the, the, the beautiful masses that, that you have there on the Sunday evenings at, uh, at the chapel, my wife and I frequent. And what, what is this time of year kind of on a college campus to kind of get the kids ready to power through their finals and get ready to head home? Well, the students have a whole different focus <laughs> than what Advent is really about because, I understand. you know, this week is finishing off their classes next week our exams and so um, they're not really focused on what the meaning uh, and the purpose of what Advent is all about that'll hit them once they leave sure you know how do we prepare for for Christmas in regards to that um, you know so I, I have to be honest I don't think it has a, a great impact on them at all <laughs> You know, they are college students. Yeah, right. I don't think you know. I think it came much later in life for for me as well. But but for for you and and for your brothers and the rest of the 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 clergy in town, this is a this is it's a very important time of year. This is an important time of year. Uh, well, sometimes I don't think people in general understand what the season of Advent really is about. Uh, I know, growing up as a kid, it was always considered a penitential time. You know, as you get, you know, get ready to celebrate the birth of Christ and that. But really, uh, it's not meant to be a penitential time. It's really meant to be a time to not only prepare to celebrate the birth of Christ, but really to prepare ourselves uh, for the coming of Christ again, you know, at the end of time. But how are we preparing ourselves to encounter Christ in our everyday life? Because uh, Jesus is coming to us all the time. Uh, you know, through each other. I mean, just gathering here sure. in our conversation, mm -hmm. you know, the desire to enter into a dialogue with each other. I mean, that's what Jesus was all about. He's about relationship building, you know, and so we encounter Christ, you know, in our ability to, to grow in a relationship uh, together, uh, to share uh, who we are and what we're about. But it really is also preparing, you know, ourselves to, uh, to, to greet Christ within our life. And uh, in regards to that, Avid just makes us, you know, it starts off, you know, be awake, mm -hmm. stay alert, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because a lot of times we get lawed into uh, sleep. You know, we get sometimes, you know, we get uh, take kind of a mediocre approach after a while to life, you know, sure. just another day I got to go through or, or whatever, or this is what I got to do. And what I, we don't really think about what is, 
What does this day offer to me? How am I going to be graced and blessed by this day? And uh, not just a matter of uh, taking care of whatever my obligations are, because even in taking care of my obligations, you know, uh, what, what, what are the graces and blessings that have come through that? You know, how have I been blessed by what I've done? You know, how have I been a blessing in what I've done for others or whatever? So, I mean, even here, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you offer a wonderful uh, service and uh, it does bless people's lives. It does touch people's lives. Mm -hmm. It also calls people to, to uh, maybe think about a few things that maybe they didn't think about or get a different perspective that they never thought about. But it's opening them up to, you know, uh, life is bigger than sometimes uh, we image it. Sure. You know, we get narrow-minded uh, or we are locked up in our own self-understanding of it. You've been uh, at Quincy University how many years again now? I've been there 13 years. I originally was only supposed to be there one. <laughs> but now, you know, in, in this time, you know, it's been a, it, it's been a very active 13 years. The university's had, uh, had a lot of changes. Uh, the university, had the re as the rest of us, had to survive the COVID situation. Uh, but then now, with how has campus ministry evolved since, your, since you first came on the campus 13 years ago? Campus ministry uh, changes. Because every two years, you have a whole next generation of students who bring a different spirit, a different way of looking things, looking at things, et cetera, et cetera. And so you want to address the needs of students that you know, come to the university itself. So we're always assessing you know, what, is the, what are the needs of the students at this point in time in regards to where they're at in their journey. Now, one of the things that is true is that uh, college uh, and university life is a time for a student, first off, to discover more deeply who they are and where they, where they really want their life to go. So they have to begin to take responsibility for that. And usually don't see that level of maturation until they get into their junior year when they really have to focus in on <laughs> what their degree is going to yeah. be. You know, uh, but it's interesting to watch them mature as they go along. But it's always important, you know, to, uh, if you want to help people to grow, you've got to take them where they're at. And that comes out of our Gospels, too. Jesus always took people where they're at in regards to that. Now, we've had a couple of good things that, you know, uh, that we've had started at the university. We have a, uh, two intentional uh, communities of, um, one is one of uh, women, the other are men, who uh, seek to want to live a more intentional uh, Catholic uh, life. And, uh, you know, so they, they gather every evening to pray, to pray night prayer together. Uh, they'll do a, a, you know, periodically a day of a recollection together. You know, it might be half a day or whatever. But they make a real in, uh, intentional effort to really uh, live out their Catholic faith in a more intentional way in regards to that. The other thing is, is that once I, uh, when I got there, I realized that when students look at me, they see grandpa, <laughs> you know, and so they're never going to say no to grandpa. <laughs> now they may say, you know, they may say, yeah, I'll be their father. And then of course they're not there, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, in regards to that. And I began to realize that if we're going to grow campus ministry and reach people where they're at and hopefully help them grow spiritually, we had to start a peer to peer ministry. Yeah. And uh, because, uh, uh, 
that age, they're going to relate more with their peers than they're going to relate with somebody older. Well, and especially in a university the size of QU, it's the more intimate setting. It's the more you're yeah. going to know everybody on campus. And when students are able to to find that shared experience, whether it's whether it's on being on a, on an athletics team or whether it is ministry, whether right. it's they they find someone that you know, faith partners that they pray with every night or what have you. Again, that more intimate setting, it's it's it really gives you a feeling of family. Yeah. And we also have, the other thing that we started was uh, um, what we call Ignite, which is a non-denominational uh, service that we have every two weeks. And it's amazing how many students will, will come to that. Of course, it's got the music mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, contemporary uh, religious music and, and that. We got students that get out and give testimonies of where they're at. So they're hearing from each other and really sharing where they're at in their own struggle to grow in a relationship or figure out how God plays a part or is going to play a part in our life uh, in some form or fashion. The other thing this, this year we started was also, uh, it's once a month, uh, it's called Agape. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is that it's a, it's a gathering of both students on the campus, faculty and staff, uh, people from the outside uh, to talk about some aspect of our faith life you know, and, uh, and to take a look at that, or uh, some aspect of a moral challenge in our life, and how would we approach that, and get different people that would give a different perspective on that, and then open that up for a general discussion uh, in relationship to everybody that's there uh, in regards to that. And so that's a good opportunity for just students to get together, and also with people from the outside uh, to talk about certain issues in regards to our faith, um, that we, that we really are challenged by, you know. You know, you can look at, you know, say COVID, all right? What was the challenges of COVID for us? And did they become a blessing and gift in our life? Did they call us to be, to be more than what we are? Did they make us more uh, concerned for each other? Uh, did they open us up to, uh, you know, the real blessings that we have in our life that we take for granted? And now all of a sudden, you know, uh, we can't participate in all this, we can't participate in that, or we can't have this and that, and realizing that, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we take for granted that are really blessings in our life that enable us uh, to live life and also to have uh, a meaning and purpose to our life in regards to that. Uh, I remember the, uh, you know, uh, when we, uh, when the, the stay-at-home order came out, you know, we offered the students if they wanted to stay on campus. But nine, about 85% left. They went home. They said, you know, then we had the other 15% that stayed on campus because they felt it was safer to be on campus than going home sure. in regards to that. But all the courses were online. But in June, we, we sent out a survey to all the students saying, what do you want? You want face-to-face -face learning? Do you want a hybrid? Uh, or do you want it to be totally online? 90% came back saying we want face-to-face. -face. Absolutely. And, uh, and I can understand that. Part of your, I mean, your college is your peer <laughs> right. experience yeah. and, and all of that. It's kind of a no-brainer in that regard. But the first semester that, you know, in the fall, uh, you know, we were still figuring out what, how to deal with COVID. We didn't know a lot about how it was being transmitted and all of that. So, I mean, we had to restructure the university to make sure everybody was six feet apart. You know, everything is being sanitized, mm -hmm. you know, when they 
finish a class, they got to clean off the desk and the chair and, yeah. and all that stuff. And when they enter the room, they got to sanitize their hands and, you know, they have to wear a mask the whole time and, yeah. and all of that. And if somebody got diagnosed with COVID, then you had to do who, who was that person associated with. Mm -hmm. And then those people had to be put in the quarantine, yeah. you know, and that. And so there was a, by the end of uh, the first semester, there were some students that were in quarantine three or four times. That's for 14 days yeah. <laughs> each. And they thought, you know, this is not fun. Yeah. So the second semester, what we saw was we had basically only seven cases of COVID on campus, but we saw a greater care and concern that students had for each other right. to protect each other. And that's a blessing, that's, sure. you know, to learn from, you know, uh, uh, a pandemic that it, that it does call us maybe to greater sensitivity, greater awareness of ourselves. How do we really uh, show uh, a love and care for each other by not endangering somebody uh, in regards to that? Um, it's another thing that uh, is uh, great about Quincy University is, is North Campus, and it's the partnership that the university has with uh, the Quincy Crucial, uh, Quincy Tech, with uh, Walked Emmaus, all of those programs that uh, that are really uh, that are they're really good for for people when they want to kind of re-energize their faith. Like I said, you wear the two hats of being with Quincy University, but also of being the uh, uh, ministerial director for uh, for Crucial. Um, that organiz that movement, and all of the retreats. How have they weathered COVID? And and I'm I'm an active member of Quincy Crucial, but you know those. Those movements have a little work to do to get back to where they were, don't they? Oh, they do. Um, you know, we had to shut those programs yeah. down. And that was part, understandable. Part of it was, you know, uh, to not only protect people. First off, I didn't think we would get people who would want to sign up sure. to be a part of a weekend, especially in those initial right. uh, beginnings uh, in regards to that. Secondly, though, the university had to take over uh, the space that the retreat center mm -hmm. uses for uh, you know, for people who had to go in quarantine, yeah. uh, in regards to that, uh, and so uh, when we, after two years, and we were able to begin to reopen uh, those programs, and of course they they grew, um, uh, they've been growing slowly mm -hmm. uh, in regards to that. But one of the things that I've noticed, uh, you know, I just I just finished Crusade uh, 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 weekend with women. And I noticed that even though it was a small group of, of, of women that were, were participating, uh, there was about, I think, 16 uh, in relationship to all that. But I was amazed at uh, the percentage of young uh, women that were on that weekend. And, uh, and that's a good sign uh, for me because before you would see a lot of people in their uh, 50s and 60s and not necessarily those in their 30s and 40s. Right. So that, that's been a change. And I noticed it on the men's weekend, mm -hmm. the same phenomenon yep. uh, in regards to that. I just finished a tech. Uh, uh, we uh, had 20 students signed up for that. Of course, with teenagers, you never know. <laughs> yeah. You never know because <laughs> at the last minute, they decided not to come. So sure. we had four that decided not to come. And sometimes you have stu uh, you know, teens that didn't sign up and all of a sudden show up on Saturday and want to be on the weekend, you know. So teenage life, 
or something else. What What is your, uh, and again, I think it's, you know, the lay people are the ones that really try to beat the bushes and talk to their friends about being involved in, in, in the retreat programs. What's, what's your sales pitch to that? My sales pitch to that is, uh, especially when you look at Crisio, Crisio is a lay movement in the Catholic Church. It's one, it's one of the few actual lay movements that the church has. And to me, it's very, very important that the laity really take responsibility for the growth of that program. Uh, even as, as being spiritual director for the Crisio movement within the tri-state area, uh, I'm there basically to make sure that it stays true to its mission. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes into the actual nuts and bolts of running it, uh, I, I don't step into that, you know, unless I feel it's something's gone awry or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because I really believe that, you know, when you look at the church and the structure of the church, the laity really are the, the, the church. Yeah. You know, uh, when you get into the hierarchy, you know, that's a small percentage mm -hmm. of what the church is really all about. And so how do we build up the body of Christ? It's the laity that, that have to, we have to empower the laity to do that. And that, and so Crisio is is lay men and women empowering other lay men and women to live out their faith more more boldly, yeah. with more spirit and life. And any way that I can be a part of that, uh, you know, I, it enlivens me. You mentioned though with the tech program of the kids who you know just don't show up. I mean, again, that just happens. But still, I think tech has just been a really good movement for the for the teens in, in our area and teens you know wherever there's been a tech. I mean, I went on when I was a kid and to see the kids who I know go on them now and I see and they really do get a lot out of it. And I think that I think that fellowship uh, for for the kids is really something that especially coming out of the pandemic is something that's really good for them. Yeah. Well, when you stop and think about these programs when they started. I was on Tech Two <laughs> back in 1971. Wow! You know, so uh, you know, Tech came uh, in '71, yeah, and uh, and it's been going up till now. I mean, so uh, that program has, you know, as you were saying, has had a great impact on the lives of of young people over all those years. Hopefully, planting a seed that continues to germinate as they grow into adulthood, and that, which I believe. In some cases, that, that really did happen. Crisio uh, 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 came in 74, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and it's interesting. Tech came from Cleveland. You know, Crisio came from Peoria. Right. Uh, you know, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and took off and has been going ever since. And uh, uh, it's not only, you know, especially with Crisio, it's not just the Quincy community. Right. It's a tri-state area, yeah. and we have people from St. Louis, from Highland, across the uh, river from there. Yeah. You know, we have people out Clinton, Iowa. Clinton, Iowa. Yeah. You know, all oh, over yeah. the place, and uh, you know, and that to me is the how you know the outreach that Crisio is supposed to have, you know, and 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 making people and empowering people, and really uh, realizing what their baptism is calling them to and how to live that out, with, first off, personally, but also with their family, with their kids, with their parish, with at the workplace, you know, et cetera, et cetera. How do we, how do we become Christ in a more visible way through our uniqueness, our own giftedness in regards to that? 
Well, I just want you to have a, you know, as Advent started and as we prepare for the Christmas holiday season, I want you to have a very happy season. And I know you've done a great job and you've touched a lot of lives around here. And uh, I appreciate that. And I know lots of people do. And I just want to tell you thanks. And again, have a happy yeah. new year and Merry Christmas. Well, I appreciate uh, your, your gratitude. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, it works both ways. Uh, I've been recycled. You know, fr you know, fryers into recycling. <laughs> you know, I was a student here yeah. back in 69 to 72. Yeah. You know, so when I left Quincy, I said, thank God that's over with. You know, because I, I, I wanted to get, go on to my master's degree to, sure. for ordination uh, and that. So when Chicago did all that. Uh, in 83, I was asked to come back to Quincy. And I thought, oh, geez, I thought I, I thought I'd say goodbye to Quincy, <laughs> you know. So I came back and I was part of that. And at that point, uh, what is now North Campus, right. was originally Our Lady of Angels mm -hmm. Seminary. And so I was on the staff there for three years and then was transferred out. Uh, but then in 2009, I was asked to come back. So I say I've been recycled, you know, the friars have. But every time has been a blessing and a gift. And, and it's not just, you know, the job or the ministry I do, it's the people that I encounter and how they open themselves up to me and call me to something greater. Uh, so I'm not, I, I'm, I'm blessed just as much by the people that I serve and minister to, but they also serve and minister to me. It's a mutuality is what it is. Oh. So I'm grateful. Well, thank you for that. And again, thanks for your time. You're welcome. All right, yeah. that's all the time we have for today. I'm Bob Goff, have a great week.